did not get a lesson, if you did not get a lesson tonight, make sure, raise your hand real high and we're going to run like the wind to make sure you get one. Raise your hand real high and these fellas are going to get you a lesson. Anybody else need a lesson? All the way to the back there. Grab, grab Mr. Lancey on the way. There you go. Gus, he didn't get one neither. Gracious. Mercy, mercy. All right, on the far side. All right, anybody else? Raise your hand real high if you need a lesson. want to make sure everybody gets a lesson. All right? Proverbs chapter number 3. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Yes, How many of y'all are glad we are in a shelter where we're not getting rained on? Yes, Amen. Amen. Well, we're in Proverbs 3. Uh, we're going to read. We're going to read verse 4. We're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to skip to verse number 27, all right? Uh, we're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to skip to verse 27, all right? Verse 4. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of... All right, in the sight of God. and man. God and man, God and man. That's a very important part of this verse that you need to get uh, for the whole chapter to understand the whole chapter. There's two basic uh, 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 veins of thought, if you will, in this chapter that's mixed in with all the blessings of wisdom. In other words, the first four verses talk about the blessings of wisdom and the benefits of wisdom and what wisdom will do for you and how important wisdom is. And then he goes into a a teaching and a thread of truth about our relationship with God. Then he goes again with several verses that deal with how how, uh, uh, we will be blessed and how uh, wisdom will bring us long life and so forth and so on. And then he gets to verse 27, which we're going to take up right now, and he begins to talk about our relationship with mankind. Verse 27, are you there? Say amen. amen. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go, and come again, and tomorrow I will give, when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. For the froward is abomination to the Lord, uh, but his secret is with the righteous. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be uh, the promotion of fools. Father, help us tonight. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Uh, Lord, some of this is going to be convicting. Some of this is going to be irritating. Some of this is uh, not going to be really received very well. Uh, But God, I pray that we will receive it as the Word of God. I pray that we'll receive it as truth. And Lord, if, uh, if it goes against the way we're living, I pray that we change the way we're living to go with the Word. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that we'll leave here disciples. I pray that we'll leave here students of the word. I pray that we'll leave here, uh, uh, Lord, not with a prideful attitude, but with a convicted heart to be closer to you than we've ever been before. Help me. Uh, Lord, you know how Satan is fighting. You know how he wants to stop the word from being preached and taught. And God, I pray in Jesus' name for your anointing. I pray for your power. I need your blessing. I need your touch, Lord. I need the unction from glory tonight. And I pray, Lord, that your will be done. Without you, we're nothing. And God, without you, we can't accomplish anything. And I pray that your mercy be felt tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Last week, uh, we covered verses uh, 5 through verse 12, which primarily dealt and, 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 and covered the idea of our relationship with God. Our relationship with God. As a Christian, as a a disciple, as a believer, our relationship with God. How many of y'all believe our relationship with God is very, very important? I mean, we need to work on it. We need to cultivate it. We need to do everything we can to encourage it and develop it. And we need to grow closer and closer and closer to God every day that we can. And do the best we can to know Him more. To, to, to learn about him, to be who he is. Uh, Paul said it this way, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, we need to think like him. We need to act like him. We need to know him. We need to have a personal walk and an intimate walk in relationship with him. Very important, very important that we have a relationship with God. A very important that we have a relationship 
with deity. But, but here's where a lot of people have a disconnect. Here's where a lot of people, I, I don't think it's a misunderstanding. I think it's just a, uh, I, I really, I don't, I don't know how to answer uh, the behavior of a lot of people. But some people have this mistaken idea that you can be right with God and be wrong with man. And that's not so. Uh, you cannot be, you cannot be uh, 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 horizontally wrong and out with mankind and be vertically right with God your Father. You can't. It's impossible. You cannot come to church one way and be one person at church and be one person here and, and have your Sunday smile and your Sunday attitude and your Sunday behavior and, and then go home and act like a totally different person, go to work and act like a totally different person, go to school and act like a totally different person, go out in the street and act like a totally different person. Uh, these things ought not so to be. It don't work. One of the greatest obstacles to, to bringing people to Christ and to reaching people is not the bars, it's not the crack addicts, it's not the drug dealers, it's not the people on the street. The biggest hindrance to get people to Jesus is Christians. I'm, I'm actively, actively, actively working uh, on an individual right now in his biggest hang-up. His biggest hang-up, and we have talked to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning about this deal. His biggest hang-up is people that are around him, that's been around him his whole life, that claim to be a Christian, that go to church and cusses like a sailor and drinks like a fish. Now, they are clearly, without a doubt, making my job very, very difficult. Now, listen, we can't be one thing here and be another thing out there. Because we have a responsibility not just with our relationship with our Father, but we have a relationship with humanity. Now, we're not in heaven yet. we got to live on earth. Are y'all with me? Now, if y'all are bugged out and wigged out already, it's going to get a lot worse than this before it's over. So let's just smile and enjoy the Word of God. Amen? Now, here's the deal. Uh, we have a connection with God but we have a connection with man. We have to cultivate and develop a relationship with God our Father, but we have to cultivate and have a relationship with mankind, humanity around us. We are connected with deity, but we're connected to humanity. Matter of fact, you are to be the connection from deity to humanity because the only deity most humanity will ever see is what they see in you, and the question is, are they seeing it? Are y'all with me? Now here's the deal. The verses we just read primarily deal with our relationship with mankind. The ones we discovered and what we talked about last week from verses number 5 down through verse number 12 dealt with our relationship with God. But now let's, let's dig in to verses 27 through 35. Are y'all ready? Say amen. Let me read this uh, before we jump in here. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, I put it in your notes right there. Uh, verse 20 says this, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Uh, some people just don't need to be on Facebook. Let me just say that right now. Because, because when you come in here and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and then you get on Facebook and you rant and rave and carry on and cuss and fuss and do all this kind of garbage, you're a hypocrite. A hypocrite. The word hypocrite means one who wears a mask. That means when you get up on Sunday morning, you put this mask on to fool everybody at church and making them think you somebody that you ain't, and you come up here, and the whole time it's making God sick to his stomach. And then, and then, are, are y'all with me? Do I need to go deeper in that? You cannot say one thing and then go live another. You can't do it. We can't be right with Jesus and be wrong with Jesse. Are y'all with me? We can't come in here and praise God and worship God and sing and shout and just have a big time and then go out and treat our fellow man like dirt. 
It, it, it can't happen. It can't happen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Are y'all with me? The Bible says this very clearly. Bitter and sweet cannot come from the same fountain. Now, watch this, watch this. The Bible says here in verse 27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. There are several areas that we see in the next few verses here where the, 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 the writer is trying to encourage and trying to develop our responsibility and help us understand as a Christian our responsibility in these different areas. In the first one, we see he begins to deal with the area of business. Say that with me. The area of business. Some people, I've, I've heard people say this. I've heard people say this. Now listen, this is church and this is. Now, now preacher, don't say nothing and don't get all excited. Now this is just business well let me tell you something and you can get mad glad doesn't matter to me I, I don't really care it, 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 it just it's, it's beyond that if if you are conducting business in a way that is not conducive to praising Jesus about it in church you're wrong because you cannot separate the spiritual and the secular you say, well, this is church and this is business. No, here's the deal. Let's, let's talk about this a minute. Church is not some place you go. It's who you are. Amen. And if you can go to a building and act one way and then go to another building and act the other way, uh, you've, you've missed the whole concept. You are the body of Christ. You are Jesus in the flesh walking here on this planet. And they, listen, Jesus never cheated anybody. And he wants to deal with our business. He wants to deal with our business. Now, two things about our business. Write this down. Two things about our business. First, we see in our business transactions and what we do, here's, here's what I want you to write down. Uh, he wants to deal with our business in the treatment of others. Write that word down. He wants us to understand how important our treatment of others is. He says in verse 27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Now, in the verse, it's primarily talking about an, employee, an employer and an employee relationship. In other words, if I have somebody that's done work for me or, or has, has uh, uh, served me in, in some form or fashion and they have earned a salary and I have the ability to pay them that salary but I don't pay them that salary, then I am wrong. You understand? So he is talking about our treatment of the people around us. Now, I believe with all my heart, you, you can go beyond in this application. It's not just if you were an employee and an employer. It could be employee with employee. It could be with the way we treat others around us. Not just people that work for us, but it could be the way we treat people that work with us. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Let me give you some verses. Jeremiah twenty-two thirteen. 13. Woe unto him. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages and giveth him not for his work. Now, here's the deal. Let's don't get, get so uh, jazzed about this verse to mean that, that you can't do a neighbor a favor. That's not what it's saying. It doesn't mean that every time somebody does something for you, you've got to pay them a salary to do it. Uh, I believe there is a mutual deal uh, uh, where, where someone can help you and you can help someone. Uh, uh, I've had people that come and help me with sheetrock work and then I've gone and helped them with painting work. I mean, there's a mutual deal here. But what he is saying here is don't abuse people. Don't abuse people. When people are there to help, don't constantly abuse them. Don't constantly use them for your purpose and then treat them wrong in the, in the meantime. Because when you do that, you will gain a very, very bad reputation. Are y'all with me? And here's the deal. We're Christians. We're Christ-like. The Bible says that we are, we are to be different. We are to be set apart. Deuteronomy 24. Deuteronomy 24, 14. Thou shalt not oppress an hired servant that is poor and needy, whether he be of thy brethren or of thy strangers that are in thy land within thy gates. At his day thou shalt give him his hire, neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor and setteth his heart upon it, lest he cry against thee unto the Lord, and it be sin unto thee. Now what does that mean? 
It means this. God cares about poor people. And God cares about the oppressed. And God cares, and now a lot of people don't like to talk about this in, in church and saying, well, church is not a place to talk about social justice, but God cares about social justice. God cares about how people are treated or mistreated. And what the, what the, the, the writer is teaching us here is we need to learn that we are to treat people correctly. We are to treat people fairly. We are to treat people with justice and treat them right, no matter who they are, no matter if you have authority or not, no matter if you're the boss or not, no matter if you're the head honcho or not, it does not matter. People are to be treated like you want to be treated. Are y'all with me? Listen, he cares about our business. He cares about how we treat other people. Now, watch this. B, write this down. When it comes to our business, not only in our treatment of others, but I want you to see this, in our transactions. In the transactions of operation, how we operate. That's just in business dealings itself. Psalms 37, 21. Put your seatbelt on. It's, just, it's getting rocky right here. Psalms 37, 21. The wicked, the who? Wicked. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. Let me read it again. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. Leviticus 19.35 Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meteor, in weight, or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hen shall ye have. In other words, these are all uh, uh, measurements. These are all measurements how you make, because most everything there was an agricultural type business in an agricultural type economy in other words he's saying you need to you when you have the weights on this side of the balance uh if they weigh in three pounds of grain to sell you need to pay them for three grains of are y'all with me in other words you shouldn't have it saying that there was only two when there was actually three so you're cheating them out of he's saying be fair and be right and be honest in your transactions now let, let's talk about this a minute we are to be truthful we are to be honest. If we owe something, we should pay something. I know we're living in a society right now where that's not popular, and, that, and, 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 and it's sad to say that Christians are not following along in this line, but if you owe something, you pay for it. If you put your word on something, you follow up what you said, because if you're not, it's causing you to be a liar. And by the way, by the way, Everybody in here, everybody in here is, is you work for somebody or somebody works for you, you have some type of business or whatever. Just because they're a Christian doesn't mean they're supposed to do for you for free. And just because they're a Christian mechanic doesn't mean that they're a bad person if they charge you to change your alternator. Now, nobody said nothing to me. There's no mechanic coming to me. There's no anybody else coming to me, so don't nobody get all hot and bothered about this stuff. I'm just telling you the fact. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. And if we're Christians, we need to act like Christians, and we need to talk like Christians, and we need to behave like Christians. If we owe a debt, we should pay it. The Bible says the wicked borroweth and pay not again. That should not be told about Christians. Amen? And... and <laughs> I'm already deep enough. Let's just go with it. Amen. If somebody, if somebody, uh, uh, what's the word, repossesses something because you didn't pay for it, that doesn't make them wicked. That doesn't make them the bad guy. No, it means we didn't fulfill our part of the deal. Are y'all with me? We've, we've got to get out of this mentality where we are entitled. This entitled mentality is what has messed up our country in a big, big fashion. Right's right. Wrong is wrong. Let's do right. Let's have a just balance. Let's treat people the way they want to be, or the way we want to be treated. Let's do right. Let's be honest with everything that we do. Let's listen. You know what? There was a day when your word and a handshake was plenty. 
And you know, as Christians, that's the way it ought to be. But you know what? Most people are more skeptical of so-called Christians today than they are people on the street. Y'all with me? While we're at it, let's talk about let's talk about going out to eat on Sunday and treating waiters and waitresses worse than dogs. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, if, if if you're going to go out there, especially on Sunday. Act like somebody. Or tell, it, tell them you're from the... No, I don't kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. You know what? The most discouraging, the most discouraging and, and embarrassing probably moment of, of my calling and career was I was listening to talk radio one day, and they were talking about, they were talking about uh, Christians coming to eat... And most waiters, I don't know if you've ever been a waiter or a waitress, uh, they despised doing it on Sunday. Because they said the rudest people in the world were the people that was coming to eat right after they got out of church. And it bothered me so bad, I called the radio station. And I said, I promise you, I promise you, I will deal with this Sunday morning. And I did. I did. Listen, what are, what are we telling this lost world? I mean, really, I really, because we didn't get tea in the blink of an eye when there's five million other people in the place and this poor waitress is doing everything she possibly can, do we got to have an attitude about it? Amen. I just don't, I don't believe in that. Plus, they'll spit in your food. Say Amen. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, I know have you probably mad and all that, but that's, look. Can we all be honest and say as Christians we're supposed to be different? We're supposed to be different. And we're supposed to have the favor of not just God, but we're supposed to have the favor of man. Now, how many of us have this attitude? Well, I don't care what they think. Bless God. Are y'all with me? We're to be different. And we're to treat people in our business dealings. I'm telling you, you can do more damage in the way you conduct your business than any preacher or evangelist can do in a hundred years of preaching. Simply by being dishonest. This is important, and I know no, this, none of this is going to be taken great, and I understand that, but God's, God is causing our church to go to another level. And if we're going to go to another level in blessing, we're going to have to go to another level in holiness because God's not going to put up with foolishness. And if we want power, it's going to take purity. Are you all with me? Number two, if we can stand three more. Let's try three more points. Uh, <clears throat> 27, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. If, if, if we're, we owe it, deal with it. When it is in the power of thine hand to do it. That's, that's our business with mankind and humanity. Verse 28, he says, Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Now, this is dealing with our what? Number two, our benevolence, our benevolence, our generosity, our dealing with the poor, our dealing with the less fortunate around us. Uh, there's two things I want to share with you here in this particular point. Uh, number one, I want you to see, or A, I want you to see the responsibility we are given. The responsibility we are given. He says if, if your neighbor comes, if your neighbor comes and has a need, and you have it to meet, don't procrastinate. Don't jerk them around. Don't put them off. Don't, if you have the ability, help the people. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 21, If thine enemy, who? If thine enemy. If thine enemy be hungry, give him, give him bread. If he be thirsty, give him. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. 
Now, I always, I always heard, when I was a kid, I heard that, and, and, and I thought that, that, that heaping coals of fire upon their head, that if you be nice to your enemy, then that will make them mad and, and all of that, and you could really get them, you know. I mean, you can just really get them if you be nice to you. And I, I thought that's, what that, that's not what that means. Uh, heaping coals of fire upon their head in that day, uh, a lot of times coal was a commodity that a lot of people didn't have and, and, and be able to keep warm and to be able to cook and that type of thing. Uh, sometimes your neighbor would come over and borrow, borrow coal or, or burning coals and they would put it in canisters and they would carry it on top of their head. And what he's saying is you're helping your neighbor, you're supporting that need and that the, the, the lack that they have is what that verse means. In other words, it's saying that we should do our best to take care of those that are less fortunate around us. All right, now, the next verse. The next verse, Matthew 5, 42. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Now, let's talk about this just a second. Anytime, anytime that you have a verse in the Bible, don't, don't develop and build a doctrine around, around one single verse. All right, in other words... If we just took that right there, if we just took that right there uh, and, and, and took that just that one single verse out and said, okay, everybody that asks us for anything, we're supposed to give it to them. All right, but the Bible also says that if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, God knows this, that one of the strongest motivational forces known to man is hunger. Matter of fact, when you get hungry enough, you'll eat anything. I won't eat that. You get hungry enough, you'll eat it. I mean, people have gotten hungry enough to eat people. Are y'all with me? Because it is such a strong force. When you get hungry enough, you'll do anything. You'll work. I mean, are y'all with me? And God says he knows, all right, don't feed them. And sooner or later, he'll, he'll get up and he'll do something. He'll work so that... Because God doesn't, he don't like laziness. I mean, even, it's amazing to me that the government uh, has enough sense to tell people don't feed the bears at Yellowstone because they won't go look for their own, yet they're, uh, yeah, are y'all with me? So this does not mean that every single person that asks you, you still have to use good judgment. You still have to use common sense. But what it is saying is that we should have a benevolent spirit. We should have a giving spirit. And I'm telling you, if you're walking with Jesus, you'll have one. You won't have to try to have one. You'll have one. I mean, it's just, it's just something there. Some stronger than others, some more than others. Uh, I, had a, I, had a, I tried to do a rental house one time. And that was a big mistake because I have no enforcer in me I just don't I don't have that and 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 I would go I would go to get the rent and 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 the people were sick and and instead of getting rent money I was taking them food and medicine and diapers and all you know now my wife she was wanting to burn the house down and just you know but you, you I just I couldn't man I just said you know I it's just if somebody if I got it and you die it's just in my Hey, when you walk with Jesus, that's what's going to happen. Because that's the way Jesus was. Jesus said, if a man asks you to go uh, walk a mile, go twain. He said, if, 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 if you have two coats, take one and give to one that don't have one. That's just his nature. He is a very benevolent Savior. And the closer we get to Jesus Christ, the more benevolent we're going to get. The point is, don't turn your eye when you see somebody in need. And, we, and our church should be that way. It, we as individuals should be that way. I think most of the welfare issues that go on in communities should be taken care of by the church. Uh, because most, anyhow, I'm not going to go in. I don't have time to go in that. But I think it's, been, it's, it's abused terribly. I think it's abused terribly. I think that whole system is abused terribly. And, and God, intended, God intended for man to work. Say amen. He, he intended uh, for, for the stronger to minister to the weaker, God intended that to be, uh, and, and we've just got a lot of stuff out of balance. But we do have a responsibility in our benevolence. He said, listen, if somebody's, and I, and I do, I see that. Man, I see Christians that, are, that step up to the plate and, and do that. And man, I'm telling you, I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of what you do and how you do it. But let's make sure that we keep that spirit. 
sometimes, sometimes, uh, and I'm going to just be honest. Y'all know I'm, I tell stuff I probably shouldn't a lot of times, but uh, sometimes I see people who abuse the system, and it makes me not want to be benevolent. You know, I, I, I was, I, I, I went by, I went by one, one, one guy and, and, uh, and he was holding up a, a sign for food and, and, uh, and, and was chain smoking. I mean, just, just chain smoking. And I'm like, dude, you could have bought a hamburger for them cigarettes. And I see that stuff and it, it just, you know, it, it, it rears the flesh up in me and it makes you kind of, but we can't, we can't be that way. We can't be that way. We cannot ignore a real need because somebody else has abused it. We've got to trust and pray and ask God to help us. Now, does that mean you're going to get burnt? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times we've been burnt. Uh, I remember one time, I don't know where Brother Mickle is, but he was in here a while ago. Uh, there he is on the back. You remember when, when that, that one gentleman come by and he was, he was going to Florida, his, his uh, had like a, a mother passed away and he was coming from Chicago and going to Florida and, and, I, and we helped him with food and all kind of stuff. And, it, and then the, the next Saturday, uh, 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 I was going to preach and had all them with me and we went by and he was two X's up that way. He was going the wrong way. His compass was messed all up. Now that was before that was before I had matured a lot in the faith and and that was when I was still real young and 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 had an attitude and you know I stopped say amen. Uh, did we not stop, Brother Mickle? Brother Mickle was with me, and uh, he kept me from going to the penitentiary. But anyhow, we can't we can't let that type of thing keep us from being you're going to get burnt period you just just mark it down there's going to be sometimes there's going to be people take advantage of you but just trust me if you trust God and you do right and you do it with a right heart God's going to get the glory out of it but we need to have a benevolent spirit we have a responsibility we have a responsibility to be benevolent that not only that but be write this down there is a reward there's a responsibility we are given but there is a reward we are granted there is a reward we are granted. Proverbs eleven twenty five. I wish uh, Brother Travis could have about 20 minutes right here just to share some of the things. Uh, he, is, he is so in-depth in this particular area and realm of ministry, uh, dealing with us all the time. And me and him have had talks like you would not believe uh, because he, he, I, I, get, I get kind of on the, the carnal side of it, and, and, and he helps me to come back to... Uh, a realization where we, we, we just got to keep helping people regardless of what others have done uh, because there is a great reward to this. Proverbs 11.25 says this, the liberal, the word, the word liberal means generous here, uh, the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Uh, Proverbs 22.9, he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Now, now, God is saying that if we are benevolent, God's going to bless us. God's going to meet our needs. God's going to do things for us. Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Again. Church, say amen. amen. Let's look on number three. <clears throat> number three look at verse verse number verse 27 deals with our business our business how we conduct business with humanity verse 28 deals with our benevolence and our giving and our generosity with humanity verse 28 verse 28 uh, uh excuse me verse 29 devise not evil against thy thy neighbor keep that underline that word right there Underline that word right there because uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to really hunker down right there with that, that one particular word. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. In other words, my, my dad told me when me and my little brother was growing up, you know, you have some of those moments when you have uh, uh, little sayings here and there that you get from your parents, you know, 
that, that really stick with you. Uh, he told me and my brother, and, and, and he was, my dad was the type of person that, that he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. Uh, he was not a suggestive type person. He didn't make suggestions. He laid down commandments, amen? And this is what he told me and Joe. Uh, I'll never forget it. He said, he said, boys, he said, I don't want y'all fighting. He fought his whole life. He, he was in fights all the time. And that's, that's what they, that was his religion. I mean, if, 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 if UFC fighting would have been back then, he would have been the ringleader. I mean, that, that, was, that was what they did. But he didn't want that for me and my brother. He said, I don't want you fighting. He said, but I don't want you running from one. He said, you better not ever start a fight. He said, but you better not ever run from one. And he meant that. He said, I don't want you starting fights. I don't want you instigating trouble, instigating. Now, the point he was trying to make is he didn't want us to be cowards. And he didn't want us to run from our problems and run from issues. It wasn't the fact that he wanted us to get in a fight. But he wanted us to be the type of person that we would, we would be confident in who we were and be confident in ourselves and stand up for what is right and stand up for justice and that type of thing. But don't start a fight. This psalm is, or, or this proverb is saying this. Look, don't start a fight where there isn't one. Don't start issues when there isn't. If somebody has not done you wrong, and, and, and by the way, this happens a lot more often than what we think. And we can be guilty of this and not even realize that we can have an attitude with somebody and start something and have a smart comment and we can start something and we don't even realize we're really stirring up strife when we may not even have a cause. Are y'all with me? He said, strive not. Fight. Don't, 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 don't fuss. Don't carry on. Don't start a fight. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to get. There is, A, two, two things here. A, there is an imperative. There is an imperative we determined in this chapter. There's an imperative. There's something we have to see. Two verses here describe dealing with your neighbor. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go in depth in Luke 10 in just a second, but let's talk about, let's talk about what Jesus says in, in the commandments. Uh, there is a, there is a and, and, and that says 39 minutes overtime. Is it, what, what's, what's up with that? What, what time is it, people? Because they have messed up the clock up there. And I, I need to know. What is it? 7.39. So that gives me. All right. At 5 till, Brother Chris, I need you to wave at me. All right. Stand up. Get my attention. Whatever you got to do. All right. All right. Now, here's the deal. There is, there is I don't want to say a rift or, or with fundamentalists today. Uh, there is a lot of of Christians trying to live by the law, if you will. They're, they're trying to put people under bondage and, 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 and make people live by a list of rules that in order to be right with God, you've got to have this, 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 and have this list down here and, and that, you know, your wardrobe and, and, and everything you can imagine. And they make one rule after another and one rule after another. And Jesus made it real simple. Jesus made it real simple. And, and this is what he said. He was asked questions about the law. He was asked questions because they were trying to tempt him. And man, he's a master at confrontation. Look what he says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-five. 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And... And he didn't stop there. In other words, you remember what we said in this particular chapter? There's two areas that we have a primary relationship with and we need to focus on. Our relationship with deity and our relationship with humanity. Our vertical relationship and our horizontal relationship. Jesus said our vertical relationship is primarily important. It, we are to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. But then he says this, this other one's just as important. And, and, the second is like unto it. Say it with me. Thou shalt love thy, thou shalt love thy, thou shalt love thy as thyself. I don't know if y'all know it, but I like me. (laughs) 
And whether you want to admit it or not, you're pretty fond of you. Because when you get sick, you go to a doctor. When issues happen, you try it. Self-preservation is one of the strongest, one of the strongest natural instincts that we have. You know why? Uh, we like ourselves. I don't like getting hurt. I don't like, when, when one part of my body gets hurt, the rest of my body comes to the rescue. How many of y'all been going, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, no light on, and you kick the side of the bed? Somebody say amen. <laughs> Have you noticed everything goes to the rescue? Of the <sighs> and most of us have to repent for 30 minutes before we get back in bed, amen. For we might not have said it, but we thought it. Come on now. You know why? Because we like ourselves. And, and how many times have we treated other people and would not have appreciated if they treated us like we treated them? And what he is saying here, what he is saying here, we're to love others like we love ourselves. Now watch, this is, man, this is going to be good. Watch this. On these two commandments... Now read this with me. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That is huge. On these two commandments. You say, I'm living by, I'm living by, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt. And, and you can list all them you want. And you know what Jesus says? If you'll just love everybody, it'll cover all them. Because all them hang on love. Well, what do you mean? I mean this. If you love somebody, you won't lie to them. If you love somebody, you won't murder them. If you love somebody, you won't commit adultery. If, it's all about love. Now watch. How are we treating our neighbor? This is, this is verses, verses uh, 29 and 30 have to do with our behavior. Our behavior, how we treat our neighbor. Look at Romans 13, 7. This is good. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now that would, that would go good with verse 27, wouldn't it? If we owe somebody, pay them. Right? Wouldn't that go good right there? Watch this. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth one another hath done what? You fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly, what's that word? Now look in the bottom in the blue section. And by the way, y'all all got color tonight because I made a mistake. And y'all owe, owe 15 cents before you leave, Amen. I'm just kidding. Dustin put me up to that. Uh, comprehend means what? It sums it up. This sums up all the law is summed up with this statement. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Why? Verse 10. Read it with me. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, neither love. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Let's read it again. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. You want to be right with God? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Who's my neighbor? Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. There's an imperative we determine, then B, there's an identity we discover. Let's see who our neighbor is. Because this was... Uh, uh, an important question. How, how, how are we looking, Chris? This, this is an important... Eight minutes to when are you supposed to flag me or eight minutes, period? Okay. Holy cow. <laughs> Turn quick, people. Uh, Luke, Luke 10. Luke 10, verse 25. Luke 10, verse 25. I, I guess I ought to turn over there too, ain't I? All right. Now, here's the deal. They're trying to trick him again. They're trying to trick him again. And, uh, and, and, and they're saying, you know, uh, what are we supposed to do? What's written in the law? Verse 25. Are y'all there? Say amen. amen. 
It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, he said unto Jesus, And, say it with me, And who's my neighbor? All right, who's my neighbor? Now watch Jesus' response. This is so good. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Now, the certain man was a Jewish man. This was in the story. This is how you need to see this. All right? And you've got to understand, before we read the story, Samaritans, Samaritans were, if, and, and excuse the crude terminology, but they were half-breed people. That's the way they were termed in that particular day. They were half-Gentile and half-Jew. Listen, when, the, when, the, when the, uh, uh, they were taken into Babylonian captivity and they were taken in, the, the, the races mixed, and you have a people that are half Jew and half Gentile. And the Jewish people could not stand them. Some even taught that they didn't even have a soul. They wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. Here's the point. They were the enemy. They wouldn't even walk on the same side of the street. Are y'all with me? Watch. Certain man, a Jewish man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, and by the way, the priest was Jewish. Jewish, all right? So it was one of his kind. It was somebody who should have done something. He passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. These are supposedly religious people. These are people who go to church and look right on Sunday. These are people who put up the front like they're all that. Are y'all with me? This is what we're talking about. And they did nothing. Religion won't do anything for you. Say amen. Now watch. But. A certain what? You can put there an enemy. But a certain person who you wouldn't spit on if they was on fire. But a certain person who's an outcast. A certain person who you despise. That's what he, who Jesus is addressing. That's, that's, that's how they took it. When he said the word Samaritan, it was like a slap in the face. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Two questions we find. Two questions we find in this, this, this particular portion of Scripture. First, the, the lawyer said, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? What question did Jesus ask? He changed the question completely. All right, y'all missed it. Verse number, verse number 36. The lawyer said, who is my neighbor? Jesus said, verse 36, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor the lawyer said who is my neighbor and Jesus said who was a neighbor what's the point if you go out today and look for a friend you probably won't find any but if you go out and be a friend you'll probably find plenty it's not about who out there is my neighbor. It's who out there am I going to be neighbor to. I had so many verses. I had a, a notepad that much with all these notes or verses I wanted to give you on this that showed where we're all the same. We all come from the same God. We all bleed red blood. And we need to look at the brotherhood of mankind and realize if they're not the same color of us, they're our brother. If they're not in the same tax bracket, they're our brother. 
if they, are y'all with me? I don't care their background. I don't care their past. It does not matter. We're to be their neighbor. Well, I don't like that person. That person done me wrong. Jesus said that we're to love our enemies. We're to feed our enemies. Whether they're your, your friend or your enemy, it does not matter. Jesus wants to treat them the same way. Guess what? He washed Judas's feet too. Amen? Let's, let's treat them all the same. People will talk about you, but treat them the same. People will, will, will gossip about you, but treat them the same. Love them. Just, just be Jesus, all right? Number four. Number four. Uh, we see he deals with our, what was number one? He deals with our business. our business. Number two, he deals with our benevolence. Number three, he deals with our, and then number four, real quick, he deals with our belief. And this is so important. Oh, my soul, this is so important. Verse 31. Verse 31. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. And then he begins to tell some other things that's happening. The word envy here means jealous. Jealous. Now, I want you to write two things down, and let me talk to you a minute. Just a second, because that's all I got. Uh... Write two things down while you're turning to Psalm 73. There's, there's, there's two things I want you to see in our beliefs as a Christian, as a child of God. There's something you need to understand concerning the feelings of the Savior. There's something you need to understand concerning the feelings of the Savior. And there's something you need to, con- to understand concerning the fate of the sinner. The feelings of the Savior and the fate of the sinner. He said, don't be envious of the oppressor. In other words, the the wicked person. The one out there that's doing everybody wrong. The one out there that's getting rich off of poor people by mistreating them and oppressing them. Don't be jealous of them. Now, that's that's easier to swallow. I I say it is. I don't know if it is or not. But uh, when I was a kid in church, especially as a preacher's kid, uh, I mean, my dad, we had to toe the line, and we, I mean, w- w- everything you can imagine, we was doing everything right, and it seemed like all the people out there that was my age, it was acting stupid, everything went great for them. Everything seemed to just click for them, and they seemed to get everything they wanted, and, and here I am going to church every time the doors are open, and, 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 and got more religion than John the Baptist, and, and everything goes bad for me. Has anybody ever felt that way? I mean, it just doesn't seem fair. And sometimes seeing this, sometimes seeing these people that are cheating and stealing and robbing and doing everything they can, mistreating mankind and humanity, sometimes, sometimes it just makes it like, really? And sometimes we may think that that God's feelings about it is not what they really are. Come on, y'all, don't get so self-righteous on me. You you know what I'm talking about. When here you're trying to give your tithes and offerings and you're trying to do right and you're trying not to cheat at work and that person person that's, 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 that's doing all this and they seem to get the promotion while you get demoted, that's hard to get. Now watch this. Psalm 73. Psalm 73, watch this. I'm going to read this and we're going to pray. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I was bothered. I was jealous of them. Here I am, have a clean heart, and they're doing wrong, and it seemed like everything going good for them. Watch, what, watch how he describes it. He goes into detail. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasses them about as a chain, uh, violence covers them as a garment. In other words, they get proud and they just get arrogant about it. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They, They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. 
They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are, in the, are the ungodly who prosper in the world and they increase in riches. Watch what he says now. Can you relate to this? Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. In other words, I'm living right for nothing. I'm going to church in vain. I'm trying to live right and everything's going wrong for me. They're living like hell itself and everything's going right for them. Can anybody relate to that? For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I will speak, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful. In other words, when I thought about this, it just broke my heart. Until, say that with me. Until. Say it again. Until. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Guys, it don't matter where you start. It's where you finish. They may look like they got the tiger by the tail right now. And they may look like they got everything going their way. And they may look like everything's peaches and cream. But look at their end. Then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh. So, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. You know what he's saying? I'm ashamed of the way I was thinking. I was ashamed of the way I, and, and I, I can say there's been so many times in my life that I could so relate to that and I, ha, I had forgotten, look, this ain't all there is for me. I love singing when I was a little kid. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. The tr my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't, are y'all with me? I can't feel a home in this world. This is not the last straw for me. This is not it. This is not the best that's coming to me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Paul said it this way, for I, I reckon, see, he was country, say amen. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory that shall be. Are y'all with me? Look, when you see the wickedness of this world, don't get jealous. Don't get envious. Because the end... It's coming soon. And when I see where they're headed, my heart breaks for them. Don't ever, be, don't ever be envious. Don't ever be jealous of those doing wrong. Because I promise you, the end will come soon. And we need to pray. Amen? Hey, let's treat everybody like we want to be treated. Let's walk out of here and, and listen. Don't check in one person coming through the door and going out a different person. Don't do it. Listen, if Jesus is not pleased with your business deal, he's not going to be pleased with your praise in the house of God. It's all the same. We're connected with deity and we're connected with humanity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. God, thank you for the word that cuts. Lord, it, it convicts us and it, it deals with us. Lord, it's convicted my heart. And Lord, there's areas I need to improve in. There's areas that I need to, I need to, 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 to get better. God, help me to treat even my enemies with, with respect. Help me to treat them how I want to be treated. Help me to love every person. Help me to love the unlovable. Help me to love the difficult. Help me to love those that, uh, uh, Lord, that, that desperately need it. We all need it. God, help us to be Christ. God, help us not to be one thing here and something else out there.
God help us, Lord. This, this chapter is so, so detailed in how we're to treat others. God, help us to treat people like you would treat them. And God, as we get deeper and deeper in the, in the book of Proverbs, Lord, I know there's going to be even more severe things that you're going to deal with us about. But help us to receive it as the word of God. And I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we all pray. As every head still bowed, just a moment. I want to I have a special prayer uh, for Miss, Miss 